0: Unless you become like a child, he said, you cannot enter the kingdom. So I think next Easter you should all wear Easter bunny ears. (laughs) She was cute. Let us pray. We are grateful, O Lord, to be in this place at this time with one another in your presence. And we ask you to speak to us words of truth, compassion, and strength that we might be your people as we leave this place, that we might live as people of resurrection. Through Christ we pray. Amen. From John, the 20th chapter. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Well, then Peter and the other disciples set out and went toward the tomb. They, too, were running together. But the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent down to look in and saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he did not go in. And then Simon Peter came. Following him, he went into the tomb But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb and as she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had been lying, one at the head and the other at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They've taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they've laid him. And when she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there. But she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? And supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him Away, Tell me where you've laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. And she turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabboni, which means teacher. And Jesus said to her, Do not hold on to me, because I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene Went and announced to the disciples, I've seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. The word of the Lord. Well, it's amazing uh, that you can actually ask your smartphone, What does Easter mean? And on my phone, Siri will tell you. So let's do it. Siri, what does Easter mean? Easter means the most important and oldest festival of the Christian church, celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ and held in the Western church between March 21st and April 25th on the first Sunday after the first full moon following the northern spring equinox. Thank you, I think. Let me make sure I get this turned off because I don't want my phone going off. (laughs) If you're visiting, that's an inside joke, but Suzanne's phone went off during church one day and and I've forgiven her, but I've never forgotten it. (laughs) Well, what Siri said is technically, technically that's, That's the right definition of Easter. But there's got to be more to it than that. YouTube um, has some street interviews where they go around and just ask random people at the mall and so forth, what does Easter mean? And these are all adults who answer these questions, this question. And here's what some of them said. Uh, Rabbits? Rabbits, eggs, lots of eggs, hunting for eggs, candy, lots of candy, being with family. One one lady said, "I'm not sure. Um, is that when Jesus was born?" I thought, "What rock does she live under?" And then a lot of people just said, I don't really know what it means, just a nice holiday. A lot of them said, I have no clue. Uh, One lady said, I don't know, maybe something to do with the church. I don't really know. And, you know, that would be funny if it weren't so sad that we've done such a poor job of communicating the power of this day to the world. I put that on us. It's got to be more than that, right? Rabbits and candy and playing with the children and, and all of that. It's not even completely clear what the word "easter" actually means. Have you ever thought of that? Some say it stems, stems from the Latin "estra," which is a pagan goddess of spring, So it would just mean "easter" means "spring." That wouldn't be enough. Others trace its origin to the word Esther, which is tied to Passover, which has a little more religious meaning to it. The word Easter shows up in only one time in the Bible, once. And only in the King James Version of the Bible, the real Bible, the King James Version. <laughs> it shows up in Acts 12 4, and it's the only time you'll see it in the Bible. So, what does Easter mean? The skeptic has plenty of reasons to reject Easter and this day as just a religious fairy tale. If I were a skeptic, I would ask questions like these today. Why can't your four gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, why can't they agree on the details of the resurrection if it's such a crucial event? One gospel has two angels, one has none, one has a bunch of women coming, one has one woman coming. They all say a little something different. Or... What was accomplished by the brutal crucifixion and resurrection of Jesus of Nazareth? Why couldn't God just simply forgive the sins of the world, open up the heavens and say, you're all forgiven today? Why all this pain and suffering and death and resurrection, why was that necessary? Or I'd ask, Why wouldn't the resurrected Jesus go show himself to Pilate and to the high priest, the people who had him crucified, after he was resurrected? Why not go back to Pilate and go, I told you. But he only shows himself to his believers, which for a skeptic smells a little fishy. Or, if I were a skeptic, I would ask, do you really expect us to just believe this hocus-pocus? The resurrection, the physical changes in Jesus' appearance. Mary didn't even recognize him. He looked like the gardener. Maybe he was the gardener. I mean, so he came back, but he looked different. He didn't look like himself. You just want us to swallow this Kool-Aid as intelligent people And if all this did happen, why doesn't God continue to act like this today? It's a good question. Our modern world needs God to show up just as badly as they did, to engage us, to speak to us directly, to come through locked doors like Jesus did. We could use some of this hocus pocus. If I were a skeptic, I would ask all those questions and more of the church on this high and holy day. C.S. Lewis wrote, Christianity, if false, is of no importance. And if it's true, it's of infinite importance. The only thing it cannot be is moderately important. So how do we Christians articulate the importance of Easter to other people outside the faith? What do we say? The resurrection of Jesus Christ says a couple of very, very important things to this modern world. First, The person of Jesus Christ is at the core of understanding the resurrection. If you don't understand who he was, then all of this makes no sense. It's not how the resurrection happened. It's who was resurrected. That's the real question. He's not just a teacher. He's not just a prophet. For the Christian church, he is the son of God. Meaning, I know this is weird for all the skeptics, God was in Jesus Christ. He was God incarnate, meaning God in human flesh. And if you can't get to that piece, that this Jesus, this carpenter from Nazareth, Was God enfleshed? Then what difference does it make if he was crucified or if he was raised from the dead? Hundreds of thousands of people have died for their cause, crucified, beaten, hung, shot, anesthetized. Why would his death be any different? Because it's who he was, not how he died. Secondly, the resurrection also says that God is at work in the world. I want to know that when I'm watching CNN and Fox. I want to know that God is at work in the world when I see the missiles paraded down the street in North Korea. I want to know that God is at work in the world when I see women and children. Gas and men, gassed to death with nerve gas in Syria. Because it does not look like God is at work in the world. And I don't have to go that far. I can go to the hospital here in Richmond and go up to the children's wing and walk through the cancer unit and see all of those innocent children dying of cancer. Many of them, not all of them. And I can want to know, is God at work in this world? And here's what the resurrection says. God is at work in the world without your understanding or your permission. Meaning, this happened whether you believe it or not. God wasn't waiting for a bunch of people to come out on Easter Sunday morning, stand around the tomb, close their eyes, grunt real hard, and believe, 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 believe. And finally, when the right number, boom, out pops Jesus. Those people came to the tomb to anoint a dead body. They didn't come out there looking for resurrection. They didn't believe anything, they didn't pray for anything, they didn't have any faith. They came to the resurrection looking for a dead Jesus. Hey, God is at work in the world without our understanding, without our belief, without our faith, or without our consent. That's what today says. I'd love to go out and canvass them all and have somebody say that on YouTube. It happened without us. Which gives us hope in the world as we watch the news and as we watch our current environment. Could it be that this Jesus is still loose in the world? Today says yes. And thirdly, the resurrection says that the love of God overcomes humanity's deepest, darkest sin. Can you think of the worst thing you've done Let's share that with each other. Turn and share. (laughs) Not going to do it, are you? Think of the worst thing about you. It's not pretty. You can't put on enough new clothes to cover that up. And what the resurrection says is that God's love overcomes that. If God's love can overcome the crucifixion, and I like to say it this way, the crucifixion is what we did to God. The resurrection was what God did to us. The resurrection says that God's love is more powerful than death and sin and evil. And your worst day, the worst part of who you are, the thing you've been trying to change for 10, 15 years, and you just can't quite do it, that thing. God's love overcomes all forms of crucifixion, sin, and evil. Oh, man, what a message today. Rabbits? Nah. Man, are you kidding me? Candy, you know, a time to be with the children, an egg hunt. I'm going, oh, no, 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 no. you got to come to church. This thing is huge. This thing is powerful. God's love overcomes sin and death in the world. And the last thing the resurrection says, or not the last thing, the last thing I've got on here that it says is that the resurrection was not about a miracle. Now, all of you who've come to church today and church it in your thing, you might think that we Christians are all charged up today because God could raise Jesus from the dead like this miracle thing. That's not even it. If you can create Jupiter, think with me a minute. If you can create Jupiter, our largest planet, hanging out in the middle of the sky nothing under it and it doesn't fall raising a little guy from a tomb is no big deal this isn't about the miracle this isn't a day to go ooh and God raised him from the dead are you kidding? the miracle of it is the most insignificant part of it it's not that God could do it here it is. Wait for it. Wait for it. It's that God would do it. It's not that God could raise Jesus from the dead. It's that after the crucifixion, he even would do it. That's the grace of it. That's the thing that overcomes your tomb. That's the thing that overcomes your darkness. That's the thing that overcomes Your sin, the love of God, is the only motive for the resurrection. There is no other motive but that God loves you. Deeply, deeply, deeply loves you. What if you got your head around that? What hope there would be in your life? How could God love me? Resurrection. How could God forgive me? Resurrection. How could I be a child of God given my life and where I'm going and what I'm doing? Resurrection. How could God love this world with all the hate and the anger and the power struggles and the judgmental attitudes and the divisions of the house? And all that's going on in our world right now, how in the world could God love us? Resurrection. Wouldn't it be great if we Christians could communicate this hope of resurrection to the world? Wouldn't it be cool if we would go out and ask folks what Easter means and hear them all say, oh, oh, Easter. (laughs) Man, it means hope. Hope for the world. Mary stood outside the tomb that morning weeping because she thought they'd stolen Jesus' body. She didn't get it. And in that moment, she represented us. All of us who don't get it. She represented all those who are hopeless this morning. This Easter morning, do you know how many hopeless people there are in this city? In this commonwealth, in this nation, in the world today, hopeless, weeping with Mary. She represented all those who are Weeping because of the human condition where things are dead and gone. And yet something else was happening while Mary wept. There's another narrative being written. God is up to something. All she saw were the facts. Empty tomb, Jesus not here, somebody must have stolen him. They're the facts. What she was missing was the truth. And don't you think that's still true today? We don't often see the truth because we are so tripped up over the facts. But God is up to something in this world. And that's the hope the church offers on this Easter Sunday. I'm going to call Siri back after y'all are gone. And I'm going to tell her she is technically correct, but she has missed the heart of it. God loves the world, Siri, and God is up to something. That is what Easter means. He is risen.